0: Hello,
1: and welcome to Are We Forcing It? I'm Annie.
0: Hello, I'm Marianne.
1: And we are a Star Wars, I keep saying base, but maybe inspired is a better word. We're a Star Wars focused um, podcast where we watch and review Star Wars content. And currently we are in the back half of our Bad Batch Season 1 rewatch very exciting um and actually this week's episodes were my favorite but before we get into them there was some Star Wars news that dropped this week in the form of the second trailer for Andor yay and the trailer looks really good
0: oh i mean even the teaser trailer we got at um Star Wars celebration looked phenomenal so i'm so
1: excited and they already have multiple seasons of it planned yeah. out right
0: Yeah, second season's already planned out. That's incredible. Like They have a lot of faith in this project, which makes me excited.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was initially, initially, that's not a word. I was initially really skeptical because I felt like our first couple trailer, or we only had one, I think, but our Boba Fett trailer was a lot more hyped than the season turned out to be. But also I think, This already looks better, and it already has a better premise. Mm -hmm. So, I'm excited. But the big news that dropped with this trailer was that it will not be released August 31st any longer. And instead, it's going to be released September 23rd or 7th? First. Okay. The 21st. Um, With three episodes, which has never happened in the history of Star Wars. Yes. They've not dropped three episodes at once before. So yeah. And I've heard a lot of speculation about why they would move it. Um, and I've, but I've only heard good things. Like I've only heard, oh, this is a good sign
0: because, um, I heard, so this is what I heard. I heard that, so I guess Disney's fiscal year starts in October. Obviously, Disney is all about making money. Mm -hmm. So pushing, they are anticipating, they have, from what I understand, they have so much faith in Andor that they think it's going to bring in an influx of subscribers. So that's why they're pushing it as close to um, the new fiscal year as possible because it'll bring in an influx of um, subscribers. Of subscribers. Yeah. And yeah. so while that seems very, you know, while that is seems very greedy on Disney's part to us, it almost sounds like it sounds like they have a lot of faith in the project. So, you know, like maybe the focus groups were happy with what they saw, you know, advanced screeners were really happy with it or whatever. And so the fact that they've done that and they've already greenlit a season two and have a season two planned out, says something about it so and it's funny because like it, it's it hasn't even been the most anticipated show at all obi-wan was true and yeah. there was not much that was talked about about um, Andor. like we would get um some behind the scenes stills every once in a while but nobody was really talking about it and so it's like you know it was kind of worrying some like why um, for me personally, I thought the hype surrounding Obi-Wan was, um, the hype, cause like, you know, there was all this hype around Obi-Wan, it paid off. That's what it was. The hype for Obi-Wan oh, okay. paid off in my opinion. I thought it paid off. Um, cause I thought Obi-Wan Kenobi was fucking fantastic. Yeah. And so, um, and so, uh, I kind of, but like, also I kind of wonder if they saw what happened with Book of Boba Fett. And so they're just kind of like, let's kind of chill out a bit
1: I think that well I remember Book of Boba Fett because it came out in December and they didn't drop a trailer for the longest time which is actually not a great sign (laughs) like from what I've understood but then also I think that they might be taking a nod from Marvel because or I'm sure the same well I don't I shouldn't say I'm sure but I feel like Disney probably works their marketing in similar ways with all their franchises but And juggling their studios and stuff. Um, Because one of the big complaints. About Marvel movie trailers. Is that that third trailer. Will usually have spoilers in it. So they. And they'll be like. They gave away too much. So fans already know what's happening. So that might be also what's happening. I had heard the same thing about the fiscal year. But I had heard that it actually starts in September. And so they were. Trying to start it after the fiscal year began. But. October makes more sense, but D23 is actually the first, or the it's the second weekend in September. So I think that they might also be holding off so that they have some extra stuff to do Ooh, at D23. Yes, I, forgot, I forgot about D23. And I think that, well, Marvel basically took over San Diego Comic-Con. So yes. I think that, and we didn't get a ton of Star Wars stuff at San Diego Comic-Con. So I think no. that well, they most of it. Was introduced,
0: well, most of it was, um, was at, Star Wars, at Celebration. Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, so. Yeah.
1: So was I no was kind of wondering if they were. Star Wars stuff. Yeah, well, I'm wondering since Marvel kind of poured everything out, if Disney wasn't like, we should maybe push it back so we have a little more to give people at D23 because Marvel and Star Wars are like the big things that they show off at D23 now. Like, obviously, they have all of their other stuff. But I think that the fandoms really draw it in. But either way, I'm not worried about it, and I'm excited to get three
0: yeah. episodes on a fucking Wednesday. Oh my god, we're gonna be staying up late for the like rest. what the
1: heck? <laughs> like...
0: Yes, I'm excited. I'm very, very excited.
1: Same. And it's um, the only thing that kind of makes me sad is that um, my birthday September second, so now I won't be able to watch it on my birthday, which was what was huh. gonna happen before but it's okay i'm not that mad about it so uh this week we're talking about the bad badge episodes 10 11 and 12 no 11 12 and 13 um 11 is called devil's deal and here's a short summary basically we're on ryloth everyone's favorite planet <laughs> i don't know if that's you know necessary but they were heavily featured in at least one if not more episodes or arcs I should say in the clone wars and they also have at least one if not more oh there's definitely more than one um in rebels and feature our favorite rebel pilot Harris and Doula and her father Cham is it Cham or Chom? Cham
0: Cham Cham, Cham Syndulla. okay
1: Cham so basically the Empire has taken over Ryloth and Cham is conflicted about it because he's fought for peace for so long and now it appears that there's peace, but also it's a little unsettling, but he's willing to go with it because he feels like he's finally like, you know, reached this peace that he's been talking about his whole life with the Clone Wars and the Separatists and whatnot. And then um, his, what is his name? What is the blue one's name? The blue one, the blue Twilight's name.
0: Um, uh, it's a fun name, dang
1: it. Um, (laughs) I know it's like, hold on, (laughs) Uh, anyway. We know his name, but so basically, uh, the Imperials have taken over the planet. The Admiral, see, I wrote down the Admiral's name. (laughs) This is ridiculous. The Admiral's name is Brambert. Rampart. Yeah. The Admiral's name is Rampart. Uh, He's come with a squad of clones uh, under the command of Captain Hauser, who quickly took the hearts of every girl in the Star Wars fandom, uh, wearing my favorite color, teal. (laughs) Um, And Hauser is basically kind of with... Cham where he's like you know these I've been fighting to be with these people and to help these people and now it's all been working out so we we just gotta follow the orders of Admiral uh, Rampart here and it'll all be fine and of course who else is with Admiral Rampart but his new favorite sidearm if you will um, Crosshair and Crosshair's elite squad of stormtroopers and they are also in cahoots with is his name Taz?
0: Tall the senator. See, I should have written down all these names. But no, it's uh the senator is Or uh, Ta. Ta. Yeah, it was something short. But he um
1: basically the senators in it for selfish gain and he really thinks they need to be taking out everyone who's Preta. Yes, everyone that's loyal to Cindula. <laughs> Um, is trying his best to just stay out of it, keep the people chill. Uh, but the one issue is that his daughter Hera, who we all love from Rebels, she is a main cast member on Rebels, um, has several character development arcs, and we love her. But we had never really seen her in this capacity where she doesn't really know anything about fighting or flying or anything like that i mean she wants to like she's so she really wants to fly it's a whole piece of her arc in these this episode and the next one uh and the blue twilight whom we will eventually remember his name has recruited her because he's close friends with his father with her father Gobi. Gobi. thank you yes i was like it's some cool name Gobi has recruited her to do some intel work for him, and she gets caught. And the second time, he takes her with him to go pick up some supplies, or they are specifically weapons because they had to turn in all of their own weapons to the Empire um, on the nearby moon. And they, of course, get their supplies from Sid, who, of course, sent the Bad Batch. To give the supplies, and while they're doing this meetup, Omega and Hera basically become fast friends. Hera wants to see the ship. Omega's pointing it out to her. Hera says something about how, which I have this in my notes, so we'll get there. But Hera says something and about how flying is a feeling. Omega says it to Tech, and Tech is like, "What are you talking about?" Anyway. and basically, you don't see it, but Omega gives her their calm link so or their calm channel. So she's like, if you need anything, call us. And Hera goes back home. The Bad Batch are kind of side characters in this episode. But on their descent back into the planet, they are attacked and caught and basically found guilty of treason, but not through a trial. And when the Sedulas find out, they what is Hera's mom's name?
0: why are you asking me all these hard questions
1: i don't know (laughs) i assume you know things anyway hera's mom um and dad dad is cham Sindula. um they are eleni what is it
0: eleni eleni e-l-e-n-i
1: eleni okay so eleni and cham are horrified that they would convict hera of treason even though there's been no trial and they're like, you know what? Screw everything. We're gonna go get her. They go to get her. Basically, the Admiral says, Oh, we should surrender. But what nobody knows except the Admiral is that Crosshair's up there. Crosshair takes out the senator. They blame it on our her parents. Hera and Chopper get away. Uh, but that's basically where the episode ends, where now the Cindulas are in custody. Hera and Chopper are on the run on their own. And the senator has died, which is, you know. Let's be real. It's okay. We didn't like him. No, we did. Well, uh, yeah. Did we, (laughs) the senator? Um,
0: Oh, well.
1: Oh, okay. Um, So, Marianne, what are your big takeaways from this first of two episodes on Ryloth?
0: All right, so we get to meet Hera as a child. So we knew based on watching Rebels, if you've not watched Rebels, what are you doing? Um, we knew in Rebels, she talked about how uh, the Clone Wars had come to Ryloth when she was a child. We just didn't know how old she was when um, the Clone Wars came to, or maybe we did, I don't know. But she was a child when they came to Ryloth. The Clone Wars came to Ryloth and she you know, remembers, she you know, has all kinds of stories about her father being a freedom fighter and everything. Um, so we're seeing young Hera and we're seeing a young inexperienced pilot Hera as well, which I really like because like sometimes they're just like, oh, they're good for no reason. But here we see Hera who doesn't know how to fly, is learning how to fly. And that's what she wants to do is she wants to be up there flying. Um, we also get to see our favorite, favorite war criminal chopper. He has returned. The king has returned. There he is.
1: There's my favorite white boy. (laughs) Because
0: <laughs> yes, he's he's back. my yeah. favorite war criminal is back being his you know, obnoxious self. Um, this episode definitely only had like a few minutes of the bad batch, which is fine. Um, it was uh, it was really interesting. Uh, so one of my biggest takeaways from, well, basically this entire arc is that um, in the beginning, we see people accepting of the empire, right? We see it from the clones. We see it from when they're on Pantora. So we see acceptance of the empire. We even kind of see it on Saleucami. I mean, you know, there's there's no there's no unrest or anything like that. You just see people accepting it for it. It's like when they were on Pantora, people were cheering as the clone troopers walked by because it's like, woo, the war is over, right? So then we get to Raxus, and that's when things change a little bit. Now, granted, Raxus was the um, central planet the for of the, the Separatist, separatist. government. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that there was a military occupation, because that's where the Separatist leadership hung out. So that kind of sort of makes sense. But still, at the same time, it's like, okay, is the Empire being a little too aggressive here? Because people are fighting back. They're like, this is not what we wanted, right? Then we get to Ryloth. Ryloth was not a separatist planet. It was under Republic control. The, the Republic was able to free Ryloth and defend it, right? Why is there a military and pretty occupation? early in the yes. war. Well, they even
1: right. say that in the second episode where, you know, Hera calls for help, which we'll recap that in a second, but Hera calls for help, and the first thing that it was either echo or tech one of them is like interesting that there's a military operation it's right. not a separatist
0: planet why right. is there yeah exactly why is there a military occupation so we're starting to already see the fights against the empire super early on cuz we're only we're not even a year into past order 66 you know it's yeah it i don't think it's been months.
1: i think this is supposed mm. to feel like a week to week thing so i think you know maybe two months two and a half
0: yeah so we're already starting to see people rise up against the empire and um and so it's again it's like what why wh- so why why do we have a military occupation on ryloth why ryloth i mean like why did they choose ryloth to build this um they had this factory there that they put there. So it's like, but why do you need a military occupation for that? You know what I mean? Because again, Ryloth was not separatist, Ryloth was republic. And so it's you're so now you're starting to see the tyrannical ways of the empire pretty early on. And that's that was what I wanted to really like bring out. That I was seriously thinking about that. And I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Because remember, when we first see the people react to the Empire, they're cheering, right? Remember, they're in the streets cheering, like, woo, yay, the war's yeah. over. Hooray. Now we're seeing unrest. So Yeah, and nice. I think Ryloff, I mean, I kind of feel
1: like they took it over partially because the senator was cooperating. So it's one of the easiest places for them to go ahead and get in. But also they understand like everyone's heard of Champsandula. Like yep. even when, um, Hera's like my father's Chamsandula, and yeah, Tech is like the freedom fighter. Like he is very so influential think, on
0: Ryloth. Incredibly yeah. influential.
1: And so I think that they also want to make sure, or they wanted to make sure early on that they didn't have another uprising from the Sandulas. Which <laughs> jokes on them, anyway. But they, um, <laughs> you know. Um, so, this episode specifically, though, there's kind of a lot going on. Of course, we have some huge characters introduced. Uh, of course, like I said, everyone's favorite clone, Hauser. Hauser! Oh
0: my Hauser. god.
1: And like, I think Hauser is representing, well, I think Hauser is supposed to be thematically representing the clones at large because he, it's kind of implied he's been on Ryloth the whole time, at least since the. The captain, I forgot his name, but the one in the a really early
0: arc of the Clone Keeley, Wars. Keeley, Keeley. Sure, I don't <laughs> remember. It's probably yeah, he, in my Clone Wars notes. He died with uh, the Jedi, his
1: Jedi general. Yes. Right. So it's kind of implied that Hauser's been here a very long time.
0: Yes, him so and the Champs and Dula are are very close.
1: Yeah, so he, I think he's supposed to represent kind of what the clones, what's happening with them after Order 66, because the thought process with the inhibitor chip is that clones, uh, like good soldiers follow orders. But it's like, even though, and that all of that was specifically for Order 66, obviously. But I feel like if this means that they're, this may or may not mean that their inhibitor chips no longer function, or that they can't control them, or that they were only programmed for this one
0: purpose. You know, like, it's all... Well, and people were speculating that there wasn't a Jedi on Ryloth. It wasn't a Jedi General. That it was... Because later on, Master Windu went in, but he left. So it... Like, cause I feel sure, like... Master like, Wendu they probably just, just him, left it... They left it to Cham Syndulla, and they left the well, clones with Cham him? Syndulla. Yeah don't they call him General Sandula? Yeah, they call him General. So yeah. I feel like we can imply here that the Jedi left the control of Ryloth to Cham Sandula for the rest of the war. So there was no Jedi on Ryloth for the clones to um, turn against for uh Hauser because so, so was Hauser's clone even active his chip even activated?
1: Oh, you that's know very I mean? true. You know, I hadn't thought of that.
0: Although because also... he wasn't serving a Jedi.
1: Right. Well, now I'm kind of... That's a great question. I've been... Well, as if you guys have been listening, you know, my theory is that uh, Crosshair's chip is long gone. <laughs> and um, I think there's more evidence for that in this episode. Not this one, but in the next one. Uh, but we'll get there. And anyway, um, but yeah, Hauser, everyone loves him. I do. You remember when this episode came out, and all of us were like, "If Hauser dies, we riot." Because oh, yes. It was setting him up, it was setting him up to sacrifice was. himself. Yes. The, the yeah, but
0: episode, we were yes. just like, yes. "Oh my god!" The gosh, next episode, I was die. like, "Crosshair's gonna kill him." Oh my god! Like I was ready to like throw hands at Dave
1: <laughs> But even. Well, and the other thing, both of these episodes were so suspenseful because even though Hera and Cham both have plot armor, which means that they, um, you already know they're going to make it because they're in Rebels. But right. you know I who's thought, not in Rebels? I her mom- was die.
0: I literally thought that this was going to be the art that, that we learned that how she died. I really thought... That this is Everyone how we were going to learn it. how she died. I saw and I was, the TikToks.
1: Like, I saw the memes. Everyone I thought, was like, like
0: knowing Hera's mom dies in the next episode. And she doesn't.
1: But I I now thought, we're like
0: season two. I thought it was coming for everybody. I thought it was the first episode she was going to die. When they, were, um, when they had attacked the convoy. I uh-huh. literally thought that's when she was going to die. When she sent Hera off. I was like immediately thinking of Rogue One when um, they, when Jin watched her mother die, like I was, that's my thought. I thought Elena Sindula was going to die in that first episode.
1: It was, man, so suspenseful. Cause you're just waiting for either her or Hauser or both to die. Thankfully no one dies, which I think is part of what's great about these episodes, but it was so, man, freaking Dave Filoni just messing with us. So my next note is Cham tells Hera he has this nice little talk with her where he's like uh because she she's telling him like um uncle crap Gobi. what's his name Gobi. Gobi. she's like uncle Gobi says things are getting worse that there's not peace and he's like i think that we've just been living with war too long where it's like the only thing a lot of people know including you and he was like i don't want you to grow up fighting as long and hard as i did and i was like bad
0: news <laughs> Right, and they also were giving up their weapons. I forgot that they were giving up their weapons, and that's why Gobi went yeah. and got the bad batch, was for weapons because they were giving up their weapons, which is another sign of well fascism. <laughs>
1: yeah, but it was so, I was like, well, I've got bad news for chumps and Dula. <laughs>
0: I know that you she you taught her well buddy <laughs> you taught her well
1: I mean thankfully it seems like after um the Battle of Endor there wasn't a ton of
0: fighting left
1: but there's always fighting star wars yeah. the
0: galaxy's always at war you
1: guys that's the yes. whole point
0: really until the um, last Skywalker dies i think I, I think there will always be war <laughs> oh yeah I blame for, real. for this um another
1: note I have is when the bad batch ship shows up I was like I feel like it's bigger on the inside like you know you know i know it's a cartoon but like on the outside it doesn't seem like it's a huge ship but every time we see it from the inside it feels a lot bigger which is not that interesting it's just something i wrote down um another thing is notice how omega came with them to deliver the guns but she's kind of just chilling on the ship yes even though all four of the brothers go out she has to stay on the ship but remember in the last episode she won she supposedly won her um won
0: against yeah and jerek against, against, against um, hunter
1: yeah hunter, yeah and uh, that means she gets to go on every mission now but i guess it doesn't mean that she gets to leave the ship
0: yes exactly <laughs>
1: so you know but that being said this is the start of the hera omega team up that we didn't know we needed yes but it was great. I loved it. And I actually had written down at one point like Hera or Omega's first friend, but I forgot in the second episode she actually met with Cut's children, which I think should count as her friends also. Yeah. But this is like her first real, like, this is like her bestie now. Hera is yeah. like her bestie, <laughs> which is really sweet because Hera's like a year or two older than her. It's, i don't think she's supposed to be older than maybe 15 or 16 because she's still so short but like she seems to be obviously older than omega and it, it was weird because at the end of the arc she kneels to talk to omega but it, they are not that different in height though she is I think on maybe, the, um, well i
0: think she was on the ramp she is on the why. ramp
1: yeah she is on the ramp um, the last note I had for this episode specifically was that the cinematography seems noticeably better in these episodes, but I think it's because you know, cinema cinematography, just like everything else, uh, the camera work tells helps tell the story. And I think a lot of times in animation, they ha- I should say they take extra care about this in animation because they animate from every angle and not just. No, they animate from certain angles rather than shooting in like a hundred angles and then editing it. You know what I mean? Right. But there was a shot right at the end when they it's I it's not uh, it's before they capture um Chann and Elena. El- Elena Elena like yeah. <laughs> This is terrible. I was so worried they were gonna kill her and I don't remember her name. But Cham and his wife um but the shot is like just of cham and it just feels very cinematic like it just feels like you can see the look on his face like you feel his conflict and i was like man someone really went out of their way to like make this episode look really good (laughs) but i mean i'm sure it was their job but just compared to some of the shots of like sid for instance like i feel like they're just kind of like there But I felt like every shot with the Cindulas in it was very purposeful. So all of this leads into the second episode of the arc, which basically Hera doesn't know. Okay, also I might get some of this wrong, so feel free to correct me. Because even as I was watching it, I was like, wow, there's a lot going on in this episode. (laughs) It gets really chaotic. Um, Long story short, I should say, Hera contacts the Batch. Uh, And she's like, hey, I need help. They've got my parents. And they're like, "Uh, we're not going to go help them. That seems ridiculous and not very smart. And Omega talks them into it because, of course, she does. And they go back. And Hera's even like, I'm going to pay you. I'll pay you double. Like, I'm going to, you know, I just need help. And they're really hesitant. But Hunter's like, you know, I guess we'll scope it out and see how it goes. But they that's when they realize it's like a full-scale military operation also crosshairs there that's heat they don't want after the probe joint sees them they're like well we gotta bail or figure it out real quick because they know we're here and uh they initially are like we're gonna leave but they don't leave right away and omega and hera come up with this plan to get them to stay which basically omega's plan is to make a plan that hunter will uh, like agree to although i think that everyone else is kind of on board with staying like it almost seems like hunter's the one they're fighting not that they're fighting with him but when the girls go in to present their plan echo and tech are both like okay tell us about this tell us about this and then hunter's like but tech is like and what do we do about this and then they tell him and he's like okay like sounds good you know what i mean anyway they put their plan in motion which is basically to attack the weapons bunker it's the weapons bunker right like they're attacking the weapons bunker but it's, it's uh, to it's
0: a factory of some sort they're attacking a factory
1: okay so they're
0: as a diversion
1: yes they're divert they're diverting well they are diverting <laughs> they're diverting the attention um away from the sandulas so that the batch can get in and rescue them uh, and of course crosshair just like he did in the episodes we talked about last week um he kind of anticipates what's going to happen cuz he's like they're attacking this which like it makes sense for some reason like they're like of course they're attacking this cuz this is what they want but he's like right. no they're here um for the Cindulas. so he goes over and takes his people over to confront the confront them at the the bunker or the brick not yeah like anyway where they where he knows they're going to come out but instead of them walking right into the trap hauser stops them uh redirects them and he walks out not i mean it's not a trap for him only and I will say he's not unsuccessful. Like he goes out, gives this little talk, him and a handful of other clones end up getting arrested, but not killed. So we don't riot. <laughs> but, yes. you know, season two's coming. We're watching you, Faloney. Anyway. Yes, exactly. Um, the Sindulas get out, and they don't necessarily, you know, they're escaping. Like they're not, they don't overthrow the government or anything. No, no, no. They're just dead. getting out. Yep. Yeah, they're just like we got to get out, figure out what our plan is because until until Hera got taken, they were really just going to go with it or they yeah, were going to see low how long and, they were going to go yeah, with it. exactly. Yeah. And then um they offer Hunter the payment that Hera promised them and Hunter rejects it. Yeah. And then they leave, the girls have a nice moment. They take Chopper with them because of course they do. And that's the end of that arc but like you were saying um how this arc is really showing how the galaxy but specifically ryloth is adapting to the imperial forces and what's happening the empire um i feel like this is just another stepping stone i don't think i noticed this as much in the first the first or second time i watched this but now it's like just another like turning like <laughs> i'm using too many metaphors i was going to say it's a turning stone they're turning a new leaf they're stepping stones of the bad batch um for them choosing a side in this inevitable war like cuz they have been trying to lay low but then they end up helping somebody cuz omega wants them to and then they end up going with rex for a minute but then they're like we're not going to we're, you know rex has this whole thing going on we're not going to do that but now they're kind of doing rex things <laughs> like they're they're helping people just to yeah. help them and yeah. they are and in helping them they are choosing their side against the empire which wow. they were already kind of against the empire but mostly because the empire was against them and now they're kind of you know i feel like their stance on the empire is building and especially when he rejects the money because you can kind of tell the money is what makes them stay but then or at least they wanted you to think that it was the money that was going to make them stay right. and then when they reject the money they gained nothing from this whole experience right and so i thought it was really important for them but also in general it was great to see ryloth of course and that was one of the draws of the bad batch was that they had pitched this to the audiences at um star wars celebration whatever year it was in 2019 2018 um when they maybe 2019 right after disney plus came out and it was like a thing where they were like we're going to see the beginnings of the empire but from this kind of off the wall point of view, but also we're gonna get returning characters. So I think this was a great way to bring back some characters and it didn't feel forced or anything. Like it felt very interesting, but do you have takeaways from this episode specifically? I have a ton of notes.
0: Uh, So this episode, one of my bigger takeaways was, um, Hera says to um, Omega, why do you defend them and she says because they're my brothers and this is the first time that omega um acknowledges that these are her brothers oh yeah i wrote that down too you know this is so this is like we're we're starting to see we're starting to see the relationship between omega and her brothers flourish yeah you know and the way she she calls
1: them her friends
0: but yes, now they're her exactly. Brothers. Now they're her brothers. And that's really important um, to remember when we get into like the next couple of um, episodes. But um, that was like my biggest thing. Uh, another Hera <laughs> about to fly for the first time and oh I when she was like this is so i can't get the hang of this and tech is like yes if you mean by confusing if by meaning you're flying is dangerous uh, is as dangerous and confusing for them as it is for us you're right <laughs> also <laughs> also so... though speaking of tech though that man the way he can handle that ship is just dude one of hot. the things i wrote down was Woo! is
1: this fast and furious driving
0: oh my god it's so hot the way he handles i'm just like oh Dude, my lord the like, way you fly woo. what
1: is it about like shifting the gear and slamming the brakes and moving like i, <laughs> I don't understand the
0: back hollering <laughs> <laughs> like it is just it is fantastic i love it so much oh my and gosh. Uh, i also it, do but uh so you know another thing that i really thought was cool was the plan that omega and harry came up with and that it was enough to um oh hold on <coughs> oh excuse me sorry um it was enough to convince um hunter hunter to me yeah, that yeah. shows that we also are seeing more of um omega's strategic mind because we we see how she she is with the jaric she's really good at the jaric which is a strategy game and now here she is in real life putting that strategy to use and so we're starting to see like how really smart she really is she's a very smart girl
1: also i had um i touched on this in the recap but i haven't written down that she knows that that's what it's going to take to get Hunter to stay. Like, yes. she's not going to plead with them anymore. There I mean, I think that she tried
0: that. Yes. But yeah, there has to like, be a plan. Hey.
1: So the plan itself was strategic, but then it was also strategic um, of her. Like She had a strategic plan to make a strategic plan to have yes. Hunter stay. And she even tells Hera where Hera's like, um, why would he listen to this? And she's like, "Cause of, it's strategic. It's strategic. Like, that's, yeah, that's the magic. That's the magic word.
0: It's oh strategic. Like, yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I agree. It's strategy. I need to find yeah, a shoe and, in there for these dogs.
1: <laughs> so, like, she's. It's it's odd because the Bad Batch isn't in as much of these two episodes, but I just feel like there's so much development. Yes, like there's so exactly. much to learn about storytelling because for like we said she calls them her brothers and it's like yes. wow look how and she calls them her brothers and you kind of assume that they're fine with that yes you know which it's one thing if hunters like i feel like wrecker would definitely have been from day one like you're my sister and that's it right you know right but exactly. like especially thinking of like tech and echo being like, sure, sister, I guess. I mean, I could see tech being like, technically, I suppose she's our yes. sister. But like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then, yeah, <laughs> but you know, it just feels like you said like a deeper connection with them, but that didn't happen on like, even though it's been happening, that turning point doesn't seem to be on screen beyond this little piece of dialogue.
0: Right. You kind of see it in um when she gets um, when she is uh, when they have to rescue her from. Yeah, that, that abandoned Yeah, this facility. is right after the, this is a couple right. of after that. You know, they're like, they're like, OK, we've got to we're very we're hell bent. You know, we've got to get her back and they're doing everything they can to get her back. So you're you're starting you're already starting to see how much they really do care for her. And then, um, now it's, it's just keeps progressing.
1: Yeah. So it's very, um, yeah. I just think it's interesting as someone that studies like storytelling, I'm like, huh, it's so, I feel like they make leaps, but it's really just, they're telling you what the leaps have been, even though they're not even a central part of this episode. But I think that's one of the perks about having outside characters come in is that, Um, you know, people reveal themselves to strangers more than they will, you know, you get more information as a stranger than you would just like on the day-to-day, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, most of my notes are specific moments. Uh, the first one is that Admiral Rampart is so rude to Hauser where he, Tells Hauser the plan, and Hauser's like, that doesn't seem like a very wise move. Like, people are gonna start getting antsy. We don't really have a reason to yes. be arresting innocent people. You're gonna call
0: Yeah.
1: And he's like, leave the thinking to me, Captain. And I just put in all caps, rude. <laughs> like, and it's kind of clear though that the admiral thinks that the clones should be kind of more like drones, where they're just like, Okay,
0: right. he doesn't what? care for the clones.
1: Yeah, he like good have. soldiers follow orders that's true at some point in this episode i was like oh this is the same guy that dragged crosshair over here from Camino." like i think when i first saw it i was thinking he was yet another admiral but he's the same one
0: yeah no it's rampart he's the one who's in charge of uh war mantle he's the one who's trying to get the he's the one in charge of conscriptions he's the one who did the chain codes yeah no that's the same guy from the beginning
1: yeah um there was a really sweet bittersweet sad happy moment when gonky like um the droid that they keep on the ship omega's trying to fix him and hunter is like well you can't fix him
0: he's defective defective. like we are yep
1: and she's like it's okay we're all defective and i was like, like we're all defective here. How sweet <laughs> slash sad. Like, specifically for the droid, I think it probably matters more to him.
0: Yes. But,
1: uh, but the fact that she's just trying to fix him is so sweet. Um, the next one I have is when they get the, the call from Hera and Tech is like, children often overreact. And Omega's like, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> we have to help her. Um, my next note oh. is oh it was the one where i was saying about the bad batch finding their place and choosing sides and stuff like that um in all of these crowd shots of the twi'leks um there's a ton like the way that the twi'leks are designed it's kind of interesting not their anatomy as much as like the way that they stand in the crowds is they're very independent of one another like this is probably a little niche and weird that I even notice it, but you know, in like a human crowd, you have a lot of people that are standing like shoulder to shoulder or like couples or like they're very grouped. And I felt like the Twi'leks were spread out almost like to elbow width of one another. And maybe it just comes from computer animation, but I feel like we didn't have the same effect with the crowds from uh, Raxis last week. So like- Um, But these Twilight women look like bosses, like they are standing out there, their hands are on their hips, their arms are crossed, they're making mean mugging faces (laughs) just as much as the men. And I feel like there's no fear, like they're all just mad (laughs) where they're like, and I think it's really interesting and I'm sure it's not 100% on accident that they're like this, like, because they're very, you know, it's one thing to be like make this crowd look restless, but this crowd looks like firm and angry. Which yeah. kind of an interesting take. Maybe I need to be like a crowd tracker in these episodes, but we'll see. <laughs> um so <laughs> um also speaking okay. Speaking of things that make the clones hot, Hunter took out that probe droid like a boss. <laughs> I'm like, why? Why are these the episodes where like everything they do, we're like, uh, why is this doing it for me? This makes me no and that
0: damn knife. <laughs> <laughs> I like, blame TikTok man. for this too. Like, oh, damn TikTok. TikTok.
1: <laughs> uh, welcome back to our podcast where we mainly talk about things we found on TikTok. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Um Oh, and then I had written down, remember how stressed we were that Hera's mom and how were both going to die. We already talked oh, about yes, that. Yes, but yes, still, yes. this episode it was so much worse because like I said, they set him oh, up to die. because
0: Crosshair was like, it was like Crosshair was right there aiming right at him. It, there was no reason for it not to happen. And it was just like, please don't, please don't, please don't, please don't. And then it didn't. And I was like, oh, thank you, Jesus.
1: Maybe it also is part of Crosshair's development because it seems like Crosshair isn't he doesn't want to kill the clones. He had no issue killing a stormtrooper. But you know, he at the end of this episode spoiler alert um Crosshair requests I said spoiler alert like that's not all we're doing. Anyway, um he requests to Rampart to hunt down the rest of the batch. He's like they're let me go hunt them down and run parts like it would be nice if they were fighting with us kind of implying right. that they're going to bring them in and do something to them but um and then when he does which we're going to see in our next week's batch of episodes <laughs> batch anyway we we'll gonna see in our next run of episodes um is that he doesn't intend on killing them and i kind of think it's the same with the clones where he's like he doesn't love the regs but also like the they are regs like he yeah. it is crosshair's philosophy that the clones were made to be superior to men yep. and that Correct. they were made to be they the batch were made to be superior to the clones right so exactly. he's so he doesn't kill them which is interesting i just thought of that since you had said that but it really did feel like someone was gonna die and then no one died <laughs> but someone sure was going to that week between when um devil's deal and rescue on ryloth which i don't remember if i said that that was the title of this episode but that's what it is the week between um TikTok was blowing up because everyone was like Hauser dies, we riot. Hera's mom, she's gonna die. We all know because she's not
0: in Rebels. She hasn't right. died yet. But like even, I said, implied in coming. Rebels that she was dead. So it was even said in Rebels she was dead, right?
1: Yeah, I think that it's like she's dead. Yeah, <laughs> like she was dead already. So yes, I had um I wanna know where these admirals come from. Like I understand, I know um Tarkin is seen in several episodes of the Clone Wars. And there's several other admirals that are not clones in the Clone Wars also. But I just want to know, were
0: all of these Imperial officers part of the Republic oh, I are? I have I have an answer for that. So um the reason why there are non-clone hold on one second. The reason why that, like, you know, there's Admiral Yularen and there's Tarkin and now there's Rampart is because planets, most planets in the Republic have their own planetary defense systems. So they came from uh, navies or militaries from their own planets and they came together to um, fight for the Republic in the Clone Wars. So that's where they all came from. Oh, that's, that's interesting. That's kind yeah. of what
1: I was thinking. Because I was also like thinking about how in Obi-Wan, I know in Obi-Wan it's 10 years later, so it's not as... um, It, it makes more sense, I should say. But right. I just feel like there's suddenly a lot of non- clone people. And there were, like I said, they were obviously there in the Clone Wars, but you just didn't see them that much. Probably because you were focusing a ton on the Jedi. But then I was like, where did these people come from? And obviously they're loyal to palpatine but then it's like uh, tarkin obviously always a sleaze but then this guy also seems very sleazy and i'm like does he just have like a recruitment club or
0: no yeah,
1: i'm sure he probably just met with them and like yeah scouted out like which one of these guys is is going to do best for me
0: rampart is definitely has um he is a very ambitious person so he is trying to get in you know he's trying to get the cream of the crop like you just listen to him the way he talks at the beginning of um the bad batch you know he's like is this the announce clone i heard about and and project war mantle is on schedule shed i hate i hate that schedule run schedule that- and um and he is doing everything that he can to get on top so he's a very ambitious person this is this is how he is that does seem to be the
1: imperial type especially in rebels i feel like all of the imperials are like i'm here to get to the head of the company and i may or may not be killed by an inquisitor
0: because i was too ambitious so in catalyst which is the prequel to rogue one the book that's prequel cool to Rogue One. Um, Tarkin eventually becomes adjutant general. Adjutant general um, after he's rescued from the citadel. So he um up yeah, quite quickly. But he's also <laughs> excuse me. Oh gosh. <laughs> he also Lust talks you. about how he's found. Excuse, thank you he's found favor like in the clone wars he already had found favor with palpatine so he's always been in palpatine's good graces
1: i kind of assume that palpatine i guess i kind of just said this but i kind of assume that he was keeping an eye out for people that could be useful
0: yes that's during correct. the clone
1: wars yeah seems like a way he would do that um my next note was that omega knows exactly how to convince hunter we already talked about that um also chopper is the real hero of any episode he's in
0: i know he's so <laughs> like funny. him
1: i was like dude did that stormtrooper straight up see him when he jumped into line with the other droids? Oh, I know. he looked right at him and was like oh okay that seems <laughs> like, normal dude <laughs> well then i was like maybe i'm just not you know whatever but he legit looked right at him <laughs> not being in line yeah, <laughs> anyway normal. um i loved how oh and then of course as soon as chopper was like oh she's flying the, the shuttle he like just took out the stormtroopers and then yeah. just hopped on the on the shuttle well, you no know, big like, deal it was fine just leaving whatever
0: um when oh, they mom... completely sabotage the uh the the weapons factory Omega, I'm registering a bunch of explosions. Oh, that was us. The weapons the weapons are down. Oh yeah, she now. was <laughs> and she was like super excited where she's like, "I know it's us." Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay." But then um I have here where Hera's mom is like, "Hera, is she safe?" And then it's like Hera's <laughs> like immediately (laughs) it's like not only is hara safe she's finally becoming who she was
0: meant to be yes exactly
1: um in a very dangerous way um hauser of course was the clone we all loved but also the factor crosshair didn't consider and i think that factors that crosshair doesn't consider have to become a thing because he's considering everything. Like legit, if Hauser hadn't been there, they would have walked right into uh, Crosshair's trap. Yes. And well, not really a trap as much as he had figured them out. But Hauser was like, don't do it. You know, also, I don't know if you noticed this, the clone theme from the Clone Wars plays really softly over Hauser when he's walking out onto the court
0: yes and he does his speech yes
1: yeah which i mean when you are a first appearance clone you're not going to get your own theme i don't think rex has a theme i think it's also the clone theme yeah as far as music goes yeah yeah but i think i also think that's why because music once again very intentional use of storytelling um i think that's why hauser really represents the clones also why my theory is that rex is trying to gather clones and figure out what's happening with the well. Clones.
0: So people, so people were mad with the way. A lot of some people were kind of mad with the way that the Bad Batch ended, um, because I don't in Legends there was a clone uprising, um, and so right. after after Order sixty six there was a clone uprising. So it is incredibly possible that Rex could be planning this clone uprising. Like you said he's he might be gathering clones like Gregor. Um maybe you know I'm going to keep an open I'm going to keep a happy mind and hope that Rex is recruiting Cody in season 2. And Wolf, I'm kind of hoping we get Wolf too. I was going to say
1: you know who we need to look out for is Wolf because he's, yes. in, rebels. he's in rebels Rex yes, exactly. and Gregor and Wolf have all retired and they're just out living their life. <laughs>
0: Right, exactly. not exactly
1: their best life, but they're all living it.
0: Right, and um, so it it makes sense that right now Rex is trying to gather enough clones to cause a clone uprising. Yeah. Um. Uh. I also have the note
1: that says Hunter rejects the payment, but we already talked about that. I think that tech. Really likes the Twilix because, or maybe Hera. Maybe he's just like, because he taught her how to scramble the ship code, and you know there was all of that nice dialogue where he was like, "Yes, you're confusing them just as much as you're confusing us," and then also when he's like, "They're like, we got it," he, and he's like, "That's adequate, thank you," you know. But yes, when that, they uh... when they turn to leave. And Omega is the one that like waves goodbye. But Tech is the last one that turns away. And he he's a, he's
0: looks just
1: a second longer, right? Tech's about to become like kid friendly. <laughs> like, yeah. Tech's, he's like, you know, little humans, not so bad, <laughs> smaller, smaller species, not the worst. <laughs> like it's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> which is really nice since he's the one that said, um, that kids overreact. Like, he was almost like, oh, this is nice. Which is interesting. Tech, I know a lot of people complain that tech doesn't get character development, but I think that it's just really subtle. Yes, I agree. Uh, And then, of course, Crosshair got permission. Yeah, Crosshair got permission to hunt them down, which we don't, you know, we're going to learn more about that next week. But Crosshair's music, though, did you notice this? I was into the music this week. Crosshair's music is so cool, and I'm a little mad about it. Like Crosshair gets a really cool theme, and no one obviously the batch gets a cool theme, but it's just it's very electronic. Like it's brassy electronic almost. Do you know what I'm saying? You might have to. Listen I do, to it.
0: but I yeah, I'm gonna have to listen to it. I don't know. Yeah, what you're it's about.
1: it's almost like fog horny. I'm making it so much worse, actually. I just used the word horny. It's not okay. Uh but anyway uh if you just watched the last part where he's like permission to hunt them down the music in that scene i'm like dude it obviously is very effective but i'm just mad that crosshair alone gets a theme but maybe that means he's gonna die (laughs) like anyway you know overthinking everything (laughs) yes okay so that was the rylath arc but we do have one more episode which we have considerably less notes about, but actually was way more happening than I remember it being. Um, And that episode is called Infested. So basically the Batch gets back from Ryloth and they've been gone a little longer than they were supposed to be because they of course had to go back and do the whole plan thing. And so they get back and there's a ton of people in Sid's parlor. And they're like, what's happening here? And they go in and someone else i didn't write down their name um is and he's a character from rebels isn't he or is it the original trilogy he's in i think it's rebels Uh, rebels yeah um he he's taken over her parlor uh basically acquired some spice for the pikes and Again, you can correct me if I get any of this wrong because, once again, there was a lot happening. Durand
0: is his name.
1: Durand, that's right. Um, He's got uh, Ruby, the space pet. (laughs) I don't really know. Armadillo slug looking thing um, that Omega had befriended on one of their earlier missions. And then uh, basically, he's taken over. Sid ends up recruiting the batch to help her. Get her parlor back, and they're just like you know. If we get rid of the spice, and everything, everything works out. And Sid initially is like, "Let's hang on to it," um. But then, of course, it doesn't work out. But the thing is that she has all these secret, or she has a secret system under the parlor uh, that goes to the outside, but it's a little infested with giant bug creatures uh, that come out at night but also are very sensitive to noise. So if you wake them up, you're done for. And so initially the first half of the episode or the first two thirds of the episode, they put this plan into action where they sneak under the city, come up into her trap door. There's a bit of a diversion to keep Duran out of the office. And then they get the spice successfully leave without really annoying the bugs um except that they almost don't make it they are barely caught by Durant's people um they lose all of the spice the bugs take out all of the people so they made it and everything's good except the pikes are upset now because there is no spice which i didn't realize it was the pikes I think that they were probably trying to set the pikes up to be much worse bad guys for Boba Fett in the future, um, or maybe in general they just want the pikes to be the big bads of the spice running industry. But they're um, didn't realize it was all the same until I was watching it today on subtitles. Like the pikes, the pikes. Um, and so they are basically like so where's the spice and they were like we don't know we don't got we don't have it and then they were like well uh i don't i don't remember if they're like everyone dies or exactly what happens but hunter is like you know we don't know we don't got it but we know where it is we can we can get it it's gonna take some time and the pikes are like great we'll hang on to the kid then and this is my one major note is that The pike is like the child will stay with us until it comes back and every member of the bad batch they don't look at each other they don't like do any they just draw their guns on them and it's not like hunter draws his gun and all the others do it it's like every single one of them was immediately like nah you are not taking omega and that's just like non-negotiable except it is negotiable because that's what happens and so (laughs) omega ends up sitting with durand um is his mom's name Isa Durant?
0: Isa Durant.
1: Isa Durant. Yeah. So, like, uh, they end up going back and getting the spice from the bugs, and they uh, when in their initial interaction with the bug creatures. They discovered that they don't like light, so Tech ends up creating a like a light bomb, for lack of a better word, um, yeah. and drives them out. Of their home right when they're about to take out wrecker um which wrecker has a really funny line um because they're like wrecker what's going on on there and he's like yeah sound is here but it's like really high pitched and squeaky on the calm and they're like what's going on and he was like (laughs) like okay so anyway um they come back they give the pikes the spice everything's good oh except they cut off uh durant's horn which as he says is a small price to pay for what he did because he definitely thought they were going to kill him. Uh, But Omega talks them out of killing him. Although it was mostly Sid because she was like, you know, if you kill him, your, his mom is going to like fight you. (laughs) Like it's gonna, it's a bad move. And they were like, I guess it's a bad move. And so anyway, it's all semi resolved. And like the only thing that I didn't really understand was because hunter is like why did you stand up for him and i feel like omega should have said something else i don't know what she would have said but she was like i don't know the the dog liked him or i mean it's not a dog but like the space pet likes him and uh, that should count right and i'm like i don't think so omega <laughs> i don't think that's how you should be judging people's characters um but I feel like if she had said something like we all make mistakes sometimes or something like that, it might've been a little nicer than just, I don't know. The dog likes it. <laughs> like I said, I'll have a ton of notes for this one. I know you said you don't have a ton to say The Overarching thing I think is that it's like Sid is becoming a more solidified part of their lives. Like, cause before it was like a strictly business relationship, but this is something they're doing for Sid. Even though they say, like, you're going to owe us so much, but it's not about money. Like, it's really just because they kind of owe a lot to Sid and she's like their friend now. Yes. Yeah. And then, oh, the other thing I wrote down is that Sid has nicknames for the Bad Batch, but all of the Bad Batch's names are nicknames like the bad batch they don't have real names like they have clone names So yeah, they like, all
0: yeah exactly you know
1: wrecker is his nickname because he wrecks things and then she calls him muscles and i'm like dude are we just like she should call them the synonyms or something like because you know she calls hunter dark and broody and she calls tech goggles but it's like their names are already nicknames like how many layers of nicknames can we give them Is what i kind of want to know also we never hear their numbers i don't know if we well maybe we did when they were first introduced in season seven but it just occurred to me when i was watching it i was like do we ever hear their clone numbers because they all have
0: numbers we only hear crosshairs once because of uh az and i remember uh az said the number and um well i think he no i think we even heard i think um, they referred to it we've got yeah, well, echoes, echoes and crosshairs know. yeah and then we heard yeah. crosshairs because az said it and then uh Rucker said crosshairs here so that was it that's in like the next
1: well i think episode. they also um the imperials use crosshairs a couple of times when they're like ct whatever 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 uh procedure has been successful and stuff like that
0: yeah
1: but so crosshairs we've heard covers. a few times yeah But maybe they introduced them because in the Clone Wars, they did it a lot where they introduced the clones by their numbers and then their names. So I'm wondering if, you know, you know, we could probably do that um, one week where because Andor, of course, we originally were going to do these take a week off and then watch Andor. um, And now we're trying to fill in the weeks since it's been delayed. But one of the weeks we could actually go over that season seven Clone Wars arc with the Bad Batch. So we could find that out anyway. Um, well, that was basically all of my thoughts, except that it felt very Geonosis because of the bugs. Mm-hmm. So do you have any thoughts slash takeaways from uh, this? Episode? Not really.
0: Not really. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's one of, it's not my favorite episode. I think I don't, I say this about a lot of characters, but Sid isn't my favorite. Like, Sid's cool, but I think I'm just not super, like, interested in what's happening. I think this was only interesting because there was so much more connection between them and Sid. Like, Sid, to me, mostly feels like a plot device, so it was nice that she wasn't as much of one in this episode. But anyway, uh, next week, we're gonna be <clears throat> I don't know why my voice just just now. Goodbye. Um, next week we're going to be talking about. Oopsie. see, this is why I pulled it up on my screen so I wouldn't have awkward pauses when I'm trying to figure out what they're called. War Mantle, um, yes. which is the episode with Gregor, and then also the two-part finale Camino Lost. Isn't it called Camino Lost? This just says finale on Google, but I'm pretty sure it's called Camino Lost part one and two um yeah so i guess that's it for this week man ryloth is one of my favorite arcs in the bad batch though and definitely had a lot of thoughts had a lot going on they needed this down week with this whatever's happening with Sid.
0: yes no it's a good arc they're good arcs the next three episodes are going to be intense
1: yeah we might have an hour-long podcast last week's was 40 minutes. So, this one I already, this one's already over that, I'm sure. All right. Well, until next time, I'm Annie. I'm Marianne. And join us to see whether or not we're forcing it. Bye. Bye. Bye.